gals and non-binary pals. Welcome to In the Chaos, a podcast between two friends just trying to have it all. Each week, we'll share how we're dealing with the chaos of culture, politics, and astrology. I'm Sarita Fontanesi, Executive Director of Emerge Texas and Intuitive Witch. I blend the magical with the practical to create a better community for all. And I'm Cal Jack Cade. I am a semi-professional homosexual, a media strategist, a witch, and contrary to popular belief, I didn't grow up on a farm, but I was a member of my 4-H club and I did raise and show both pigs and rabbits. <laughs> Um, and I think I may have gotten, I think my, my, my animals may have placed once. I don't actually remember, but I'm pretty sure I got a ribbon or something. Congratulations! I'm screaming. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny that you didn't know that about me either. Um, I don't know. I did know that you weren't, that you weren't raised on a farm. I did not know that you showed, or that you showed pigs and rabbits. Pigs are my favorite animal. And growing up, one of my best friends also showed pigs, and I would just, like, beg her to go take me to see her pigs every time I went over to her house. I did Shout not know Maddie. pigs were your favorite animal. That's yes. adorable. <laughs> um, yeah, we had pigs, like, down the road in, like, a pasture that was down the road from my house, and then the rabbits we kept in my backyard. Oh, my um, God. Yeah, it was it was a whole thing. I was there are pictures to prove it. Maybe one day they will appear on the internet. Who's to say? Um, but welcome to episode eight, everybody. We are recording this episode ahead of time because we are actually taking a break over Memorial Day weekend and wanted to make sure we gave ourselves some space to like rest. But we wanted to make sure that y'all had something fun to listen to. And this is actually the first in a series of episodes that we're going to be doing each month, breaking down the season that we're in, the astrological season, uh, aka the signs that the sign that the sun is in. So we're kicking it off with Gemini season. Uh, we're, we'll do an episode like this, uh, just about every month moving forward. So our next episode that will be in this vibe will be for cancer season. And then we'll do one for Leo season. And <laughs> that one's going to be super fun. It's just going to be an episode about me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the spotlight on Sarita as if it isn't always. Isn't always as if I'm not just bringing it to myself at all times. <laughs> um, hilarious. Uh, but anyways, y'all get it. So like once a month, we're going to break down the the mood, the vibe, the season that we're in, starting with Gemini. So this week we are welcoming, welcoming these Gemini vibes, this Gemini season, and we're going to break it down with y'all. So first we're going to just talk about what the sign of Gemini is, some general like characteristics, what you can sort of expect from Geminis and, and this season. And then we're going to contextualize all of that with some celebrity examples of Geminis both at their worst and at their best. And then we'll also talk a little bit about how uh, the role that Gemini plays plays in each of our charts. So let's dive right in. All 
right, so diving right into our episode this week, um, we're going to talk about just what the sign of Gemini is. Um, so first, we wanted to kick it off with just some like general characteristics of Geminis. And one of the reasons that I'm really excited about this episode is I feel like people, like, Geminis are the signs that get shit on the most. Like, people love to hate a Gemini. Um, and one of the reasons, I feel like the biggest reason for that is folks associate Geminis with being, like, two-faced, with being these, like, dramatic, like, gossipy um, kinds of people. And that is, like, one take that you could have. Um, but here in the chaos, we don't believe in sign shaming unless you're a Pisces. Um, kidding. We love our Pisces. Um, <laughs> but the sign of Gemini, um, Gemini, the, the sign itself is celestial twins. Um, there, that is, you know, each sign has like an image associated with it. Um, and Gemini is of the twins. Um, and Sarita, one of the things that I love the most about Geminis is like their social butterfly vibes. Geminis are fun, okay? Like, people shit on them, and honestly, maybe it's because they're jealous. <laughs> Says there it is. CEO about everything. Um, no, but, like, Geminis are are fun. They're an air sign, so they're light. They're uh, a little bit quirky, a little bit... Um, I mean, sometimes they can be a little all over the place and a little scatterbrained, but that comes from Gemini is able to hold duality. Like, that's where they really thrive. The the if and, the yes and. <laughs> Geminis are improv. Um, <laughs> but, like, they are, they're sponges for knowledge and information because they always, they're adaptable. They want to always be able to mimic their environment. And when I say mimic, I don't mean it in, like, a creepy, like, sociopath kind of way. They're I'm, not, like, chameleons. <laughs> I mean, they're kind of chameleons, but, like, in a fun way and that like right. they're always like I said they're adaptable they're flexible they're down for just like whatever and are like can be very go with the flow with things because they move with the wind they move at the change of the wind um I think of all of the air signs Gemini might be the most like indicative of air and of the quality of air and the movement of air um and I, again, like Cal said, I think part of why people shit on them is out of one misunderstanding and two, perhaps a Gemini that hasn't done a ton of self work and reflection, right? Mm. Like we say this all the time. Every sign has its gifts and challenges, ups and downs, highs and lows. Um, and Gemini is no different, but because the flip side of this like adaptability, this, um, charismatic charmer, all of that with Gemini, the other side of that is gossip and manipulation and being really like finicky and and flaky and non-committal um one of my favorite humans uh who is also a witch is a gemini uh their name is caitlin at spirit garden tarot uh you should definitely check them out but they're a gemini and they always joke about how they will work themselves up into a tizzy and in the amount of time it took to get up, they've already solved the problem. And, like, that is <laughs> such a Gemini. 
of like they're just taking in so much information all the time that like it can be really overwhelming and like really uh just like oh my god what's happening and Mm -hmm. then because air is quick they've already processed synthesized and like put it into its folders and they're like oh right okay so this is what we're actually gonna do um yeah (laughs) like one of my other favorite astrologers, Aliza uh, Kelly, she describes Gemini as the feeling that we all have of like, I wish there were two of me. And Gemini said, and now there is. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and like, especially like as an air sign myself um, with the, these like Aquarius vibes, um, one of the things I, I love the way that you describe sort of that like air energy um, that just like radiates from Gemini's. And I think um, you made a really good point about how they're really good at like absorbing knowledge, but they're also really good at like communicating all these things that the, that, that, that they know, all this information that they have. And so um that also makes them really terrific, like, innovators. Um, and if you look at, like, famous Geminis and folks in history and whatnot, like, you see a lot of Geminis that, like, were a lot of, like, firsts. Prince was a Gemini. Well, I know that you had one birthday. Yeah. You when were was born yeah. on a certain day. Absolutely. You had no more birthdays after that. So I don't celebrate birthdays, so that stops me from counting days, which stops me from counting time, which allows me to still look the same as I did 10 years ago, <laughs> just like that lady said. Right, yes. Like, lots of, like, trailblazers, right? Um, and I think, like, that that communicator to their core, like, really i feel like that anchors the whole sign and like fuels the like ability to have like multiple friend groups or like juggle multiple hobbies and like passions um and like kind of like you said like there are like challenges and strengths of like both signs and so you know sometimes like that communication can go awry when it turns into like malicious gossip right or manipulation and like that kind of thing um, so it's a really interesting sign. It's a fun sign. I think it is a sign that doesn't get enough like credit. Um, and interestingly enough, it is also a sign that is ruled by Mercury, um, which is the communicator or the planet of communication, the communicator planet. I mean, yeah, I look, you can say astrology isn't real all you want, <laughs> but and also. <laughs> The facts don't lie. Uh, they don't. <laughs> yeah, they're Mer- right there in front of you. Mercury uh, rules Gemini. Um, Mercury rules Gemini and Virgo. Uh, and we'll talk about Virgo when we get into Virgo season and what is a different flavor of Mercury there. But Mercury and Gemini, which is where it currently is, where Mercury and Gemini is retrograde for this retrograde. Um, which I is think- wild. Like, that is significant that Mercury yes. is in its home sign while also preparing to station retrograde or stationing retrograde today. I don't remember. By the time this comes out, Mercury will be yeah. retrograde. I can at least do that kind of math. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, 
but yeah, so this, the planet of communication in its home sign that is known as a communicator to then be retrograde there. And we've said this before, the retrogrades don't have to be scary. They are an opportunity to reflect, to revise, to rethink, to innovate, quite honestly, which is where Gemini thrives. And it gets to hang out with its planet. Like, like there's kind of a real nice, like, synchronicity that's going on this particular Gemini season. I think the other thing that gives Gemini's a bad rap, though, is because Gemini season's at the beginning of summer, which is usually where we see big planetary shifts on the personal level. So usually in Gemini season, we get a Mercury retrograde. Um, this Gemini season, we're going to get two eclipses. We usually get at least one. Oh. Um, yeah. <laughs> <Woo>! So, like... <laughs> And eclipses are the epitome of chaos. And now you've put chaos in the midst of an air sign that likes to be a little chaotic. Like, I, again, why I was saying that Gemini is kind of indicative of the quality of air because Aquarius is an air sign, but Aquarius is kind of a more grounded air sign in that they're so cerebral that they very much are like, on Earth and on another planet. They are on Earth and thinking about a future reality. They are like they are able to span like that type of innovation. Whereas Libra is like the very like lost in in thought and indecision like air sign. Like Libra reminds us of but I mean Libra's balance. And so figuring out like which way the wind needs to blow in order to bring calm and stillness. Like that's Libra. And then Gemini is just right in the middle of like, what if we just stayed in the air the whole time? (laughs) (laughs) How much fun would that chaos be? Like, Gemini is the Katy Perry line, do you ever feel like a plastic bag? (laughs) 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 I love that TikTok. I think it was a TikTok that was going around during the pandemic that was just, uh, do you ever feel like a plastic bag? And it's just like a repeat of that line. (laughs) Do you ever feel like a plastic bag? I actually do every day. Every single day. And Gemini's like, welcome. Uh, (laughs) So yeah, Gemini ruled by Mercury. This Gemini season, we will see Mercury retrograde in its home sign of Gemini, as well as a couple eclipses, which will be some super fun chaos. I, by the time this comes out, I would have already traveled, but I will be flying on May 26th, an eclipse. So that's going to be super interesting. I'm going to have so many crystals like in my bra and airports. That's right. Going to be like, ma'am, please. (laughs) So the person at the TSA scanner is going to like call their friend over and be like, do you see this? Like, what? (laughs) Is she okay? You're like little Uzi Vert with like a fucking oh gem yes, in your head. Same shit. Same I'm going to have just a giant obsidian taped to my head <laughs> for protection. Like everyone stay away. <laughs> oh my God. So I think like one of the best ways to like kind of talk about Gemini's and like sort of contextualize this sign and and all these characteristics is by like actually providing some examples. Um, and as we said earlier, 
there's duality to every sign, especially to Gemini as like the twins. Um, and with every sign, like we have to work with the strengths and the challenges of both of those signs. Um, and I want to emphasize here, we're not saying that like a sign is good or bad, but that there are challenges and strengths. So that there is not, we're not talking about like a good and a bad Gemini. We're talking about a Gemini at their worst and a Gemini at their best. And unpack, because we like, obviously free will is a thing. We've talked about this before. Like signs are not absolute, like astrology is not absolute. Um, and so, yeah, I, I want to make sure that that framing is, is just really like clear and upfront. Um, but you know, when we say that someone's at their worst, that assumes that their status can change and that it does take some work to deal with the challenges of our personhood and like the planets that are in our charts and what have you. So first, we're going to start with the Gemini at their worst. And Serena, who who is that person? I am so fucking excited. <laughs> we are going to talk about Shia LaBeouf. Or, Ooh. thank God there's beef. Uh, loosely <laughs> translated. <laughs> His father is very into that, which we will talk about that. Um, yeah, as Cal said, um, this the the way that I'm framing this is we all know a lot of things about Shia LaBeouf. I'm going to get into some stuff that maybe isn't as obvious, some stuff that is obvious, whatever. Um, I also want to start with a disclaimer of we know and we know about FKA Twigs and believe FKA Twigs and fully support her and really hope that she is doing the like healing and self-care and love and getting all that she getting all of her flowers um if you don't know fka twigs and shia labeouf uh were in a long-term relationship and fka twigs recently didn't within like the last few months did an interview talking about how abusive that relationship was um so I want to, at the top, just name that, and at no point is this a Shia LaBeouf sympathizer podcast. No. <laughs> so In fact, <laughs> he is our example of a Gemini at right, his right, right. worst. We're not exalting <laughs> him or putting him on a pedestal in any way. Um, and also, on the other side of that coin, recognizing that he is a human, who has been through some fucked life experiences and hurt people hurt people. It is not an excuse. Again, I want to be very clear uh, and make the implicit explicit. It is not an excuse. We are not forgiving anything. We are simply telling a story, giving some context, talking about some astrology, and recognize that he is at best a problematic person, at worst has been an abuser, don't really know where he stands now because I'm not personal friends with Shia LaBeouf. Shia, if you've cleaned up your act and you want a friend, maybe we can talk about it. I'll accept your application. That's all I got. Um, anyways, he, at a very early age, started becoming a child actor. His parents uh, fully met in chaos in just like a hippy-dippy lifestyle. His dad was uh, a trained Commedia dell'arte clown. <laughs> 
Oh my god, what? Yes. Like this is the other thing when we like learning more about Shia LaBeouf's background. Oh, it like, all it already makes sense. It all is coming together. Like fuck the astrology, just like the psychology right. of this. It's all coming together. Um, I don't even know what that certification means. It just sounds like some sort of trained clown, and like that's all I really need to know. <laughs> it is specifically a trained clown in an Italian style of clowning that is sure. very like physical. Look, I was a theater major. I had to learn about Comedia dell'arte. <laughs> okay. Oh my god. <laughs> um, as a child, Shia and his parents were basically just a performing little troupe selling hot dogs and snow cones out of a little stand down in front of their apartment in Echo Park. They lived across the street from Echo Park, um, which is also wild to me because those apartments could never be afforded by someone who sold hot dogs now. Um, <laughs> which that's another episode episode. Um, sure is. Housing. Yeah. We'll get to it. <laughs> Don't you worry. It's on the list. Uh, but so the point of all of this is some ups- unstable upbringing. He, um, his parents moved from their Echo Park apartment to their Tahanga home, um, which at the time was pretty much where all the like biker gangs lived. Um, and like, so not necessarily the safest place, um, or maybe not necessarily the place that you would want to raise a small human, but it's where they went. It's where they were. His dad would leave for work all of the time. His dad was also a raging alcoholic, um, which this will play I mean, into Shia's. He's a clown. He's, he's an <laughs> Italian clown. Right. <laughs> Didn't stand a chance. Ugh. Um, but so experience some really traumatic shit at an early age, which will fuck you up. <laughs> I, like point blank. Like period. done, done, done. We're not even talking again, not even the astrology of it. The psychology of it will fuck you up. But and also plenty of people go through childhood trauma and don't go on to perpetuate the traumas that they experienced or to perpetuate these vicious and violent cycles. So again, nuance, right? Anyways, Shia was never the same after this. And can't imagine why, uh, would later meet another kid like in his like school, whatever, uh, in his world. And the kid was clearly like wealthy and like living bad and bougie. And Shia was like, I want what he's got. Like, like a fucking Gemini. Here's where the astrology comes in. Like a Gemini saw something shiny and exciting and said, give it to me. Like, how do I get there? I'm going to get there. I'm going to do it. Uh, Mm. And the kid was an actor, a child actor. And so Shia said, great, I'm a child actor now. And went on to... Okay, this is also such a Gemini fucking thing. He, because, you know, it's like the 80s, 90s, opened the yellow pages for talent, uh, for uh, modeling modeling and acting agents, called them using a slight British accent pretending to be his own secretary. Oh my (laughs) god. Speaking of Gemini's being manipulative. Here it fucking is. They're communicators. Um, and it worked though. Like one agent. How old was he? He wasn't even 13 yet. 
So Jesus like Christ. one of the agent who ended up booking him was like, I knew it wasn't an adult. Like I like the agent was like, I want to be clear. I wasn't they bamboozled. Fooled. But they but they were like, I really just appreciated the commitment to the gag. <laughs> and was like, clearly this kid has some talent. Like <laughs> and yeah, wants I, to do it. Impressive for like <laughs> a 12-ish year old kid. Oh my yeah. god, yeah. Um, so little baby Gemini, Shia books, even Stevens, he has an incredible run on it. They do a movie. He does holes. The choice is yours. Camp Green Lake or jail. Uh, well, I never been to camp before. 18 months, Camp Green Lake, son. Um, from Holes, he gets Transformers. And basically, um, Spielberg was like, this kid is, like, fucking talented. In uh, Which, if you want to learn more about Shia LaBeouf, I guess we cite our sources. Um, a lot of this information came from a 2018 Esquire article or interview with him. Um, and honestly, it is very, very interesting. Uh, and he is surprisingly insightful in it. It's also who was coming fresh out of rehab after it. Like, so there's all kinds of stuff in there that we'll get into. Anyways, um, he Spielberg was like, great, this kid. At one point in time, Shia LaBeouf, for every dollar he made, the studio made $82. What? Capitalism fucking sucks. I mean, yeah, Transformers just made a dumb amount of money. Dumb that amount of money. Sense, and he did yeah. three Transformers. He also did an Indiana Jones movie. He also did like a thriller movie. Like he was like at the peak of his career doing a ton of stuff. What was also happening, Gemini duality, is he was fucking eroding. Like he was mm -hmm. becoming an alcoholic. He was like acting out all the time. He like eventually would go on to get like five from other stuff. There's the infamous uh, Georgia arrest in which he, which, okay, <laughs> caveat. He, there, uh, the article used a couple quotes that he said during this arrest, which in Georgia, he was driving his truck. He got hit by another car that ran an intersection. When the police got there, though, they wanted to breathalyze him. He refused to breathalyze. So they charged him with a DUI and then he just got loud and white really fast one of the officers was black and shia says talk about communicators he says what's it he's like why are you working for a group of people that like don't even like you and oh so you arrest white people to try to prove that you're one of them and the oh my is, god oh my <laughs> god <laughs> wrong <laughs> i mean he's not but also you can't say that, can't say that. <laughs> like leave it to a gemini this is another great and sometimes stressful trait of a gemini they say what they're thinking and what the room is thinking 
And sometimes that leads to really great productive conversations. And sometimes it's really white privileged fucked up shit coming out of your mouth. And he reflects on that in this interview. He said, he flat out said like, that was white privilege. And I had no business saying that or doing any of that. So like, there's been some reflection, I guess. Um, so like Shia is like working on himself and going to rehab, um, in a series of abusive and toxic relationships. Um, and ultimately comes out on the other side, having written a script about his father, basically, and his relationship with his father, Honey Boy, which was at Sundance last year two years ago which it was he worked on this film so again going back a minute he worked on this film with uh or while he was with fka twigs and so it must have come to sundance maybe last year um because that was part of why she started telling her story because she was like in one of her interviews she was like i was talking to all of the people of his team, like, Shia's not okay, I'm not okay, I'm not safe, like, this isn't safe. And people on his team basically were like, yeah, we hear you, but, like, it's Sundance, so we don't really know how we can help. And then just kind of, like, rebuffed, which, again, Hollywood is fucking trash. Yeah. Um, and literally, yeah. like, choose people up and spits them out. Like, literal just Abs- pieces of a machine to make money. <laughs> Absolutely. For $1 made, 82 the studio got. Like, that's, that's a huge bananas. disparity. Literal and- cash cow. Yeah. Um, so again, this is not a Shia sympathizer podcast, but it is giving some context and talking about this idea of a a fallen Gemini, if you will, a Gemini who's really leaned into the toxic traits of their sign. He, the only time you would hear from him, the only time he would communicate was when he was super defensive and being really aggro and problematic because, and he even says this in this interview, he was like, I didn't know how to take accountability or responsibility for myself. I had spent my entire life never being held accountable or my like formative years never being held accountable because I was a child star and I was a money maker and I did good work. And he talks a lot about how this also feels like a very Gemini thing. His acting process was... Part of, he always said what part of what made him a really good actor was his ability to blur the line between reality and fiction. And he said at his worst, at when he, like around the time of Georgia and needing to get treatment and all of that, he was like, that line was gone. Reality and fiction were fully blurred, fully intermingled. And again, Gemini holds duality. They hold reality and they hold fiction. And part of their work is keeping a firm boundary between the two. And when that doesn't happen and the two blur together and we get messy... mess happens (laughs) yeah also interesting like gemini as like an actor feels like a common trait because like they are able to like immerse themselves in those kinds of worlds while keeping that sort of boundary right they're a chameleon exactly yeah totally again like this is what we're saying of like there are strengths and challenges to all of these signs the strength of an actor who's a gemini is that they can turn on a character and like become embody this role and then turn it back off and go back to who they are or go back to who they are around or whatever. And the thing was, Shia lost the ability to hold that line with his with his drinking and unresolved trauma eroded that boundary. And this is what we mean when we say astrology is not fatalistic. It is not deterministic. Like his life actually the things that happened to him in his life and the choices that he made in his life 
affected these core traits about him based on his astrology, right? Like, I always think about someone's chart as, like, a roadmap, as, like, this is who you are in a vacuum when the world has nothing to do with you. And then different life experiences cause different pieces of the chart to really come out and play and be lit up. Um, So... That's the long and the short of Shia LaBeouf. I don't feel like we need to keep talking about him. (laughs) That is, like, far more than I ever knew about Shia LaBeouf. And um, I will be reading. I remember when that interview in Esquire came out in 2018. But I don't think that I read it. So I'm definitely going to go back and read it just to... It's honestly a good read and just, like, wow. (laughs) Yeah, like, that is that is a whole lot, especially, like, letting us into some of, like, all of the childhood trauma and things. Like, that is not easy. Yeah. Um, so, thank you. That was super fascinating. Um, our, I'm going to be giving our example of our Gemini at their best, and um, I'm going to be talking about one Laverne Cox. Please welcome Laverne Cox! <laughs> Um, actor, icon, legend, simply stunning, beautiful, gorgeous person. Um, if you, so Laverne Cox is probably best known for her role as Sophia Bursette in Orange is the New Black, um, which was actually the role that earned her an Emmy nomination and made her the first trans person to be nominated for an Emmy in an acting category. Um, and she, at that time, was the first person to be nominated for an Emmy since uh, composer Angela Morley, who had been nominated in 1990. So that is kind of like the role that Laverne Cox is best known for, but she's been fucking busy like before and since that. Um, And before I sort of like dive into that, a little bit more background on Laverne Cox. She was born and raised in Mobile, Alabama. And um, she, um, at a pretty young age, like right after high school, decided that she wanted to go into the arts. So she attended an art school in uh, in Alabama for dance. Um, also spent some time in Indiana, I believe transferred to a school there. And then transferred to a school, to um, Marymount, Marymount College, something like that, uh, School of the Arts um, in New York, and actually um, switched from dance to acting at that point. So that's sort of when her focus on acting and kind of like her rise in in that space sort of began um and so with orange is the new black kind of like being her first big get um and so she was in new york um and as we already talked about like very gemini of her to like pursue acting right to be able to like immerse herself and characters like that. Um, and I actually didn't know this until I started doing some research for this for this episode. Um, but she was on the first season of I Want to Work for Diddy on VH1. What? <laughs> Literally bananas. Which, like, that Did was she on a have show... to go get the donuts in the middle like, of the night? <laughs> like, she, I mean, she was in, like, I could, when I read that, I was like, hold on, what? Because I knew that show existed, but, like, I didn't watch it. I don't think I was really old enough to, like, be in that, like, for that kind of material to be for me just yet. 
Um, but yeah, she was like on the first season of that show on VH1. She really impressed people at VH1 and like producers and such. So after that first season, um, they actually approached her and were like, "We'd love to like work on some other projects with you. Like, let's think about some some things that could that would work." And she actually pitched and landed. She ended up being the co-producer and co-host of a VH1 series called Transform Me. Transform Me is a makeover show where me, Nina Poon, and Jamie Clayton. Try- Travel all over the country, transforming women, um, using what we've learned, transforming ourselves. Where did the idea come right. from? Right. Also, didn't know this existed. Where um, do I find this? <laughs> yeah, I. It's got to be on the internet somewhere. somewhere. I haven't located episodes yet, but I too need to watch this. Um, and it was a show. I feel like the the title is probably pretty uh, self explanatory. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but, the nineties and early aughts. <laughs> right. Like the, I've heard too many jokes about trans people being transformers. So, anyways. Um, <laughs> But um, the show, she was a co-host focused in on um, trans people, kind of like giving them sort of like uh, a makeover and like that kind of thing, um, helping them with their transition, socially, medically, whatever, all that good stuff. Um, so those that was kind of like some of her like earlier work, kind of through like 2010, 2011, before she landed that role on Orange is the New Black. So she's also really well known for being on the cover of Time Magazine. Um, for She was the first trans person to be on the cover of Time Magazine, and that was part of a story called The Trans Tipping Point, which is like really consistently kind of like pointed back to as like a major like cultural milestone particularly recently for trans people and for, like, the greater, like, trans liberation movement. Um, And that was kind of, I feel like, with her role on Orange is the New Black and and this cover on Time magazine, like, really cemented herself as, like, one of the most visible sort of trans people in the United States, and specifically being a black trans woman from the deep south, from Mobile, Alabama, which literally, (laughs) it's on the fucking coast. Like, it's as deep in the south as it fucking gets, folks. Which, like, as a cis black woman, I never want to be in Mobile, Alabama. Lord. Cannot even imagine mm -hmm. as a trans black woman what that experience was. And such a Gemini, like, she is able to, like, hold whatever space she needs to hold for that and mm-hmm. transcend it into, like, all into Time Magazine cover. <laughs> right. I mean, similar, not dissimilar to what you were talking about with Shia of, like, he saw a child actor and was like, that's what I want. Like, Laverne Cox was like, I'm going to be a fucking actor, so I'm going to go fucking do it. And um, funny enough, I meant to mention this in sort of kind of the earlier part of her life. She also is a twin. Um, <laughs> she has an identical twin who um, he I did actually... Not know that. Right. Um, he actually, this is about to blow your fucking mind, there are scenes in either season one, I think it's season one, maybe season two of Orange is a New Black, um, where Sophia's, it depicts Sophia prior to her medical transition. That was Laverne Cox's brother. We were looking to hire someone to play Sophia um, pre-transition. And I yeah. said, who are you going to hire? I'm I'm an actress I can play. And you know us actors, we think right. we can play anything, anything. And that we should play anything. And um, we had this, they, they started bringing in actors um, and sort of standing them next to me and photographing us together. And they were these really like, butch, you know, black men. And I was like, 
this is off. And they eventually ended up having auditions, and um, my twin brother, um, they, um, our casting director found out that I have a twin brother, and she insisted that he should audition for the role. He's and not he, an actor at all. He's not. He's a musician, actually. His name is M. Lamar, and he's a brilliant um, singer, songwriter, uh, and musician um, here in New York City. He's, he's brilliant. I love him. And he auditioned, and he got the part, and he, and he, he does it. The funny thing is, we went through about... Shut the fuck um, up! <laughs> yes, Laverne Cox's brother acted as earlier Sophia in Orange oh, is New Black. Oh my goodness, I'm gonna cry right isn't that bananas like a legit twin yes like actual twins it's just i think that's fucking cool um and she um she went on like i think from that point especially after being on the cover of time magazine like as you know be really becoming sort of this like very visible trans person in the public eye she really, and to be clear, she's always centered activism in her work. She's never shied away from the activism that is needed for, to liberate trans people in this country. Um, and so from that point, she actually um, executive produced a um, documentary called Laverne Cox Presents the T-Word, um, which includes, uh, she interviews mostly uh, several trans women specifically including Janet Mock um and several others right who we love Carmen Carrera um other um just trailblazing trans women um and, and talking about being trans people in addition she doesn't exclusively talk to trans women she talks to all sorts of trans people in that documentary it's a good documentary highly recommend i believe it's on hbo i think that's sounds give it a right. google You'll find it on the internet. Um, <laughs> Google's free. <laughs> and related, she most recently appeared in Disclosure, which is a Netflix documentary. Um, that is fucking incredible. If you have not watched it, um, it is absolutely worth it. And you should <laughs> watch it. Um but in that documentary, I remember, I think this was when it really became uh, a thought for me of, like, Laverne Cox's, I was I was actually watching it with my boyfriend, and we, um, we both, like, stopped the documentary and were like, she's just so patient. Like, she is just so willing to go the extra mile, sort of, to, like, walk cis people through what it is like to be trans in a way that is like as a trans person who has had to do that for cis people it's fucking exhausting and like i'm white like i can't even like you add that on top of being a black trans woman from the deep south like that i can i can't even imagine the levels of exhaustion that that could bring about in a person and yet Laverne Cox like commits to doing that work and to communicating back to like being a hella gemini um communicating those really oftentimes complex um thoughts and um things that can kind of like for for cis people especially for cis people that have not spent any time with trans people like you like it, it requires like a complete restructuring of like what you thought the world was like. Um, actually, probably the really the best example of this was um, in 2014. She did an interview with Katie Couric and with Carmen Carrera. Um, on at that time, Katie Couric had a talk show called Katie, um, and in that interview, both 
So Carmen Correa, if you're not familiar with her, is also a trans woman who has been in the public eye for a while. Um, And so Katie Couric was interviewing both of these trans women. And Katie, um, she really focused that interview on um, gender confirmation surgery. Um, And specifically on, you know, the genitals question for, like, trans people. I'm sorry. I have never uh-huh. understood. Oh me. yes, so obsessed with other people's genitals in my life. I know. Uh-huh. I barely care about it my is, own. <laughs> it is astounding, and like that is a whole other episode. Like we could get into, but it is, um, it's exhausting. It is, um, and I am also not a trans person who has sought out or received gender affirming medical care in any way. Um, but in hearing trans people talk about those experiences and like this fixation on um, that kind of surgery for people, it's frustrating. And in that interview, Carmen was just like clearly like taken aback, was like, like almost like couldn't engage with Katie Couric. Um, but Laverne Cox in that moment had this amazing response. Um, and she. Basically said, you know, Katie, there is this, like, pre-occupation, this focus from cis people on trans people regarding surgery and their genitals. And that is such a disservice to trans people because it objectifies us. Yes. And it takes away from and distracts from our real lived experiences. And it, it takes away from the real violence and discrimination that we experience Um, And the unemployment that we experience. And she, like, runs through all of these things that, like, trans people in America experience. And, like, really just, like, shut that shit down. But Mm. did it in her very, like, trademark Laverne Cox. Like, this soothing, like, not quite like a southern twang. But, like, if you've heard Laverne Cox's voice, you know (laughs) what I'm talking about. Um, And did it in this really, like, measured way um, that, that didn't take away from, like, the severity of what Katie had done and sort of like that line that was crossed, but took that as an opportunity to be very specific and clear and to communicate why that was a line that had been crossed. Um, Which was just like a very, very powerful moment. So indicative of like the communicator. Right. And being able to hold space for this harm that's been done and the need to clearly address it and say and say what happened and name it in a way that is not just punitive even though she would have every right to be but is somehow informative and enlightening and i'm sure millions of people watched that interview and were like i need to fucking check myself (laughs) like (laughs) yeah i've been part of the problem and we don't deserve her (laughs) i mean literally think about all the like nice white ladies at home that watch something like a katie couric talk show that saw that interview right and like just like katie couric like we're ignorant and like had not done their homework like had not committed the energy to understanding what they were talking about um and so like in true to to in summation um in true like gemini fashion like Laverne Cox has been, like, busy since she was born and, like, has had project after project, has, like, been out here. She actually, it was just announced 
either earlier this year or last year that um, in 2022, so next year, she's going to become the host of Live on the Red Carpet on E. Um, That's huge. Right. Yeah, it's fucking huge. And it's like her, it's kind of her stepping out of, like, we've seen her like start as like an actor and really lean into this like activism that she's done. Um and and she's she's taken like very prominent roles in in the movement for trans liberation in the last couple of years particularly and now seeing her move into sort of this like interviewer role like talking with celeb like doing this shit on the red carpet like that's fucking huge like she will be front and center before like every major award show in this country um so just like all the flowers for Laverne Cox like our absolute Gemini queen who like stays busy like stays with projects um and is the communicator that like the trans movement just really deeply and will continue to need um so thank you so much Laverne Cox for everything we you do you. have done will do we love you so much um and so you've gotten like two really good examples of like Gemini's out in the wild, you know, at their worst, at their best. Um, but we also thought it would be really helpful to sort of contextualize um, the role that that Gemini sort of plays in both of our charts um, and, and to provide some some sort of context there. So, Sarita, like what? uh you know, is do you have any like planets that are in Gemini or and or um what house is Gemini in in your chart? What where do you see like Gemini show up in, in your life? Yeah, I was actually just double checking which house it was in. Um so I don't have any planets in Gemini. Um <laughs> the majority and one day we'll do an episode where we just talk about our charts, but like the majority of my chart is in Leo. <laughs> I have shocking three, no yeah. one. I have three planets in Capricorn, like six planets in Leo, and then a couple randos scattered. Um, but so I don't have any planets. My IC, which I'm going to make sure that I say this correctly because Latin is a dead language. Um, it's my Imam Coley. Sure. I can't even fact check you. Like, I have no... Sure. Yes. <laughs> That's Sounds what I was right hoping to me. For. It means bottom of the sky. But so in astrology, you have your midhaven, which is at the top of your chart. It's the top of the sky. Um, and it... <laughs> di- <laughs> Sorry. Uh, and it points... I love a literal translation there. <laughs> top of the sky. Uh, it points us to our life's purpose, our external purpose, whereas your IC is the other side of it, the bottom of the sky. And it points to your, like, internal like work like your your internal purpose for this lifetime um shadow work if you will uh my ic is in gemini which literally means i have a very robust internal monologue at all times like the Big when that, same <laughs> when that thing was going around on the internet of like do you like hear words in your brain or see pictures in your brain like i genuinely didn't know there were people who weren't walking around with a full fucking cast in their head like yeah, like <laughs> how do y'all my brain never shuts the fuck up how are you not constantly talking to yourselves i don't get it like i just it never shuts up in here and i have learned part of that uh, part of that is anxiety and (laughs) chaos uh part of that also is because um, i have an astrological placement in a chatty sign and the placement is all about 
internal monologue and internal work. Um, the other thing about Gemini for me is Gemini is in my fifth house, um, which that is the house of creativity and self-expression, which LOL, the fifth house is ruled by the sun and Leo. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just it's disgusting y'all <laughs> literally can't escape leo anywhere no, anywhere You're just we, a leo anyways uh so fifth health fifth house of creative expression um and so gemini being in that space means that like I have to talk things out. Like the only way that I feel seen, that I feel heard, that I feel that I have fully like told my story is to like directly communicate it. Whereas like some people like art is how they express, um, like crafts, like different, different trades, different things are how they feel that they can be most expressive. Like I am very literal and very basic and I need to just talk it all the fuck out. Um, and again, talking about like the highs and lows of a sign, sometimes that really serves me. It's made me a very effective communicator. My Mercury is in Virgo, which is the other sign of Gemini or not of Gemini, uh, the other sign of Mercury. And so like, it's made me a very effective communicator. But the flip side of that is like, when I don't feel like I can perfectly articulate the things that I want to say to fully express myself, then I say nothing. I just shut it all down because if we can't say it all, we're not going to say it. Like, it's like I, I stay in these two extremes, uh, which is why most people in my life know that if I am quiet, something's up. <laughs> yeah, that is a that is a immediate red flag. Yeah, absolutely. Like if someone asks me my opinion on something and I don't have one, that's a lie <laughs> and something's wrong. <laughs> I've Treat been it immediately hot or cold <laughs> and we'll scream one or the other. Absolutely. From the rooftops. Um, so that is how Gemini shows up in my chart. Um, I personally really love Gemini's. I think they're so much fun. Like Gemini's are so fun to like go out with. To, like if you want to have a good time, call a Gemini for a good time. Call. Oh, yes, like, that's true. They will know someone everywhere. They everywhere. can get you with a bartender for some free drinks. Like... Like, they got you covered. It doesn't matter what it is. Like, they are in. They know. They will do. Like, they will get you there. I mean, they know just, where the good party is. They for know. Sure. Yes. Yes. Fully. And, like, their sister sign is Sagittarius, which is, like, the party sign. Like, Sagittarius is just down for, like, a good time. No catch flights, not feelings. Like, that's a Sagittarius. Mm -hmm. And so, like, you know, that shows up in Gemini as well of just, like, look, we're done being sad. <laughs> like Gemini is like Gemini's the perfect friend to call for like, we're done being sad. We're gonna go out. We're gonna have a good ass time. And we're just gonna like dance the night away. Like when I think of Gemini's, I think of them just like under a disco ball, like in just all of their glory, just swaying to the music. Um, so that's what I have to say on Gemini's. Where does Gemini show up for you, Cal? So um, I too do not have uh, any Gemini, any planets in Gemini in my chart, um, but Gemini does rule my second house, which is of uh, your second house rules your money and resources. Um, so how that sort of like manifests is that like um, 
constantly looking for like a side hustle, like multiple streams of income. That's what I'm looking for. Like I am trying to find a way to fund my luxurious lifestyle that my Taurus rising like demands that I live. Um, so it actually really complements, I think, a lot of parts of my chart um, because like with my Aquarius sun, like very innovative, like very also um, thinking big, like communicating that kind of thing. Also an air sign, right? Um, so it really shows up in like how I, um, gather resources and that kind of thing. So I'm consistently thinking about, you know, like, is there, you know, this, is this an opportunity to then like turn this into income, right? Is this like something that I could pitch to someone to get them to pay me money for this like training or for me to write this thing or whatever? Laverne. Uh, Laverne, Laverne said, exactly. I'm going to pitch a whole ass show. Right. Laverne was like, yeah, VH1, I got some fucking ideas for you. Um, let me co-produce and co-host this whole fucking show for trans people. Um so yeah, it um I so right now like in this Gemini season like part of my sort of like homework is to like get into my like bank accounts and like examine, you know, where my where's my money going? Where's it coming in? Like what does my budget look like? Um, where are some other places that I can be bringing in, bringing in more money and all that kind of stuff? Mercury in Virgo, I have some spreadsheets for you that I will share. <laughs> yes, please. Yes, please. I finally, like, developed, like, a good budget spreadsheet that I like, but I'm always looking for new organizational tools, for sure. <laughs> Don't you? I got you. <laughs> um, but with that, um, we are at the end of our show. Um, we are not going to have a call for act, call to action for y'all like we normally do because we're resting. It is important to take a break, to do nothing sometimes. Um, we've mentioned a few times that, like, we're entering, we are, I mean, we are in eclipse season, that, like, the retrograde, the, um, Mercury is, a, it will be, have stationed retrograde by the time this podcast airs, um, and that is not a time to, like, manifest. It is not a time to, like, start projects. It is a time to sit your ass down, write in your journal if that's a thing, talk to someone if that's a thing, or just, like, veg out and watch some fucking TV. Um, so in the spirit of that, wanted to encourage y'all to just, like, take a break. Do nothing. Have fun. Geminis are fucking fun. Like, go do something wild safely, you know, all that shit. Vax Girl Summer is here. Get a tattoo. Get a piercing. Go jump into a lake. I don't know. Something something fun and carefree, not careless. Um, go crazy, your... go stupid. <laughs> there it is. Um, Cal, where can the people find you? Yes, you people can find me on the internet at CalJackCade. I'm mostly on Twitter and Instagram. Facebook is mostly dead to me. Sarita, where can the people find you on the internet? Um, equally so, uh, at Sarita Fonta, S-E-R-I-T-A-F-O-N-T-A on Instagram and Twitter. Facebook is a hellscape. Please don't find me on there. Uh, <laughs> the boomers have invaded, unfortunately. Um, but that's it. You can find me, uh, at Sarita Fonta and we will see you next time. Thanks y'all. Bye. Bye.